Welcome to episode 28 of the David Binkowski podcast. Today, we're talking NBA with SportsGrid CTO Arturo Gaetti. You can follow him on Twitter at, at American Numbers. If you want to just see his numbers, follow him at, at Data Strictly on Twitter. I'm D. Binkowski on Twitter, and the podcast is TDBP Official. Let's get to that conversation with Arturo. Joining me today, you know him, you love him, Sports Grid CTO, Arturo Gaetti. Arturo, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Dave. Thanks for um, having on. We, uh, we did our Eastern Conference preview a few episodes ago, so if you haven't heard that, before the, the Bucks and Nets tip off tonight, go take a listen to that if you're placing bets especially. We are going to talk about some preseason stuff. And by the way, before we jump into that, this is a no Ben Simmons zone. We will not be talking about that person beyond me just mentioning him. But we are going to talk. I will, for- <laughs> I, 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 will, I will say that there's a long argument on Twitter, which is like Pepper Felton did a really good job. We find him on like summarizing how Philly fans can be, um, let's say that specials, uh, <laughs> and a lot about different events about like happened. Like, uh, I, I think I, I tweeted out the chair incident, people who in, in, in the know, and they're wrestling fans in Puerto Rico, so they'll know what the chair incident is. Uh, uh, and the chair incident, they uh, they booed The Rock uh, about five years ago. Uh, when the I mean, Rock, the biggest star in the world, and the Philly fans still like basically ate him up to the point where like Rock, the Rock literally looks like somebody broke his heart. Uh, just like he has, he has a space where like he's like, what the hell is happening here? Uh, and uh, I booed Santa Claus. I mentioned, I mentioned. Uh, so yeah, so Philly Philly reaction could be somewhat interesting. When he actually, uh, when he actually comes in the game, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I mean, like that's that that's kind of an interesting. I I mean, I I well, it's gonna be must see. Everyone's gonna watch that game. It's gonna be the highest rated game of the season. I'm sure. Like, who's not gonna want to watch him get booed mercilessly? I think the issue is like they uh, they want to do a trading. Uh, they want to tr- they want to trade a trade for him. Uh, but I think Maury's trying to get Maury always get value on these trades but he's trying to get value and collections like working to lower the value down so yep. uh, i mean i think that the obvious trade is like force mccollum for example in in portland or there's a couple others but like that's kind of the most obvious one but that i think they view that as like uh this kind of value for yep. um yep but so hey so we're gonna we're gonna we'll, we'll show that when he makes his first game we'll do another one after his first game and and what have you just because it'll be hilarious but I want to talk about preseason and not necessarily preseason, uh, you know, specifics because it's glorified practice. Let's be honest, you know, so, but I do want to talk about well, so that you and I talked about offline, which is the correlation between preseason wins and losses and season over unders uh, win totals. So one thing, one thing that we have found when looking at the data is that like, again, from preseason, it's a small sample, but, uh, and it's, Obviously, there are certain things going on, but if you play really badly or really well, there's some correlation versus expectations. So you can actually look at it. Uh, you find Costas Costas met met Meddevs K Meddev. Uh, he he did some analysis on this. I helped him by providing some of the historical data, and he's working on that. But 
it found that like if you play really badly or really well, that can have a correlation to uh, versus the Vegas line expectations. So right now, what he found is who played really badly were the Lakers, Blazers, the Nuggets, the Warriors. Right? Uh, the Warriors are a little bit like you know, they're playing the round robin in the uh, the the West Coast. So you know the fact they were playing some bad teams, even though they actually won a bunch of, a bunch of games, kind of affected them a little bit. Uh, the Lakers, you know, we kind of, I've been kind of tooting that horn on that. Lakers are really weird because they're really old. Like, so yep. Lakers are one of the oldest teams ever uh, in the database. Them and like the Jazz uh, after the finals. Um, and uh, basically, the uh, the Lakers are old. The rotation is a bit weird. They've, they've got a bunch of, like, a lot of the projections. And I, I actually had a fight with Kevin Pelton. Like, if anybody knows, like, Kevin Pelton's the guy who's doing numbers for ESPN. Not a fight, but I was like, I was basically saying, hey, guys, you're, you're having LeBron and AD play 70 games. And I will, like, I will literally bet a small car that, like, LeBron and AD are going to play less than 140 games combined this year. Right? I'm the regulars. It's just... I don't run away from that, by the way. You can call it a fight. We can call it a fight. If that's what gets more listeners, it's a fight. It was definitely a fight. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, we were, we were like, uh, we were looking at it, and uh, basically, you know, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you look at the way they play last season, you're like, oh, it's like, look, you start looking around, like, they haven't played the cool of 30 games, like, I think once. And that was a season, that was, the, that was the, the Mickey Mouse season where, like, they took half this, like, you know, a month and a half off. Yep. And, it's it just not logical to expect these guys to play these many games. One, they, I mean, one, they, 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 I don't think they're physically able to. Two, I don't think they, they want to push their, uh, I mean, they don't want to push these guys that much because they want to melt for the, for the, for the, for the postseason. So I mean, like, there's some real fragility in that Lakers kind of squad or rotation. Plus the fact that, I, and this is one of my like ongoing pick, like the reason I like, the Lakers under, and the reason I like Portland uh, over is Carmelo Anthony. Uh, if Carmelo Anthony's figuring in that rotation, then like the Lakers are going to be bad. And if Carmelo Anthony's not in your rotation, the Blazers are going to be better, which is why that plays into some futures bets too. I, I kind of like the the Dame Willard MVP odds. I kind of like the uh, the Portland uh, win the division or open. Uh just because again, they're even though they there's some concern, I, they're on the list to play things and play bad, but some of that is. You know, it's Chelsea's the new coach, so right. some Mystery, of that yeah. might be. Well, no, I think that some of that, while he kind of figures that out, it's uh, it's going to add um, it, like some complexity to what we're doing, right? That's another variable for sure. Yeah. So what we're looking at, so what, so what you're saying is that, so based on this, the sheet that uh, that you saw regarding win totals, changes of projections, and all those things, there are certain teams that went up. There are certain teams mm-hmm. that went down. The Lakers are the biggest that went down. The projection I thought I saw was negative two point one six. Blah blah blah. Number. Yeah. So he didn't say right. That's two wins. That's two wins versus the Vegas line. So it's, yeah, it's like yeah, they look like two wins worse at least. Uh, the Bulls. Uh, look, they were the big winner, right? Really good. Yeah. Um, big winner. The the trick with the Bulls is I think that the. You didn't see the floor. Like, well, actually, there's two things going on with the Bulls. Like, Lonzo Ball is playing really well. And uh, I actually, like, you know, I'm big. I've been a big Lonzo supporter for a while. I think this is finally a situation. Like, you know, non-shitty situation. He isn't wearing 
his dad's shitty shoes. So, and he's been low-key fixing, he low-key fixed his shop, right? Yeah. So, yep. you know, I, I say the shitty shoes thing because he had ankle problems, uh, which were traced to his shoes when he was with the Lakers. Part, part of that is he was wearing the shitty shoes and it was basically fucking up his ankles. Yep. So you like out have, and then like he got healthier, but then he was on the Pelicans. The Pelicans were kind of a mess, but he has a shooting improved. Now he's on a team that, that has like complimentary pieces around him. And, you know, he's got Zach Levine, he's got uh, uh, Bushevik, he's got, I mean, DeMar sucks, but whatever. It doesn't actually play that badly on this team. So I think him, his passing plus his improved shooting, he, he's low-key, I have him as like a dude that I like for most improved player. I think he he's going to he's gonna have a really good season. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I think he might be enough. He might actually be enough to counteract the uh, DeMar DeRozan. I think. I think the Amar Rosen splits are going to be hilarious because both him and both Alonso Ball and Alex Russo are uh, playing really, really well. Uh, and I think the Bulls are going to be better, way better, when he's not on the court. Uh, uh, just because of two guys. Because I actually think the Caruso Ball thing, actually, with the other guys, is, is a lot more complimentary in terms of personnel. I mean, DeMar's problem is that like really on defense he takes away more than he brings on offense and really on this particular team when like they like there's direct replacement is going to be a guy like Russo who can actually like defend uh the contrast is going to be really interesting right like uh this is going to be the old like if DeMar DeRozan goes out for a stretch this team might actually be in contention for like a top three seed in the, in, in, in the east because the, the, the way that again if Lonzo is this and then you throw in uh, Caruso playing really good defense, then that kind of improves the outlook for this particular team. Sure, sure. So, well, you you there were a list of teams that you felt like we're going to go over based on this, and a list that we're going to go under based on this. I saw my Pistons were in your over list, um, and I, I'm curious as is it just based on these projections? Because you know we haven't seen Cade at all. Obviously, we think he's going to be good. And they've got a pretty tough start to the season. Um, but do, are we still feeling confident in that, in that, given that we haven't even seen them play? And, you know, we're coming out, our, our preseason starting lineups, uh, you know, we didn't even have our starting five for the entire preseason. Do you think that's going to affect the chemistry or or that win total? I mean, I think, I, I mean, I was, I think I had them on the list. I already, I think I already had the Pistons on the list for an over. I think I sent you my, my list from, uh, from when we did. I had that. Western yeah. Conference, yeah. So, yep. You know, I had the the tweet out with like I sent the tweet out like which I put on my circular data science account, which is basically all the different models from all the people who are like on the smart guys fat room versus the season. I think the Pistons, I had them as an over. Let me double check this, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we yep. had them. The consensus was like 23, 28.3. and uh, like sorry, no, the season stand was like twenty eight, twenty seven to twenty eight. Uh, their consensus is like 27. It's actually got like it's 25.5 was uh, a few days ago. You get yeah. as low as 23. Right. So no, the pistons were pretty easy over. I think again, the numbers really, really, you can get like, if you can get a 24 for them and or 23 and a half. And there's a lot of value there because again, I think the players are decent. Casey will coach them up. Uh, at least at this level, if you will. I mean, like the, the conditions with Casey are like at a, complete like you're in a completely different time we're in a completely different time zone from the issue that i have with case case right. some issues at like the top tier playoff level yeah because he'll refuse to play his best lineups and he'll chase whatever the other coaches doing but that's fine but at this but not point this one yeah not as a development coach as, as a development guy he's fine he's got good talent and i think that like um i mean yeah i think they're 
very good uh, uh, over bet because again the number is really low. I could see I could see the Pistons winning thirty games pretty I, handily, pretty easily. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be interesting to watch because one of the things that Casey's been a stalwart on is keeping the second unit together because they play really well together and there's a lot of veterans and things like that to the to the point where they've actually sacrificed the, the starting lineup and just thrown whomever out there as as a starter uh, and then. You think about that relative to the regular season when your starters come off, second team comes on. I like our second team. Compared to most teams, second teams, especially those thinner teams, that's where I see them really pulling, even keeping a lead or getting us back into a game so that the games will be more competitive. I I still think we're a bottom five team, and I still hope that that happens so we get another great pick because we're just not ready yet. But I understand the strategy of being competitive and playing hard and all those things. So to hear you say that you think they'll be over, I think I actually agree with that, and 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 for those reasons, you know, I don't. I mean, I don't think they're. I mean, there's an outside shot by competing to the tenth seed, but like again, yeah, that's a tenth seed like at thirty two wins, and I think that like you know, they for them it's one of those teams that basically they it doesn't hurt them like the, the different math now, and I think the books haven't quite adjusted to it at the bottom end is it doesn't hurt these teams to compete now because of the way the fix are structured, right? So right, it's not a trick now, tank anymore, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't lose as much as you used to. And I do think, again, this team, I forget how many games they won this year. Uh, you would you would know this. I mean, they they, they were okay last year, weren't they? Like, let me explain. My perception is that they were competitive about games last year. They were competitive. I however, they still finished at the bottom two record, I believe. So, like, it's, yes, but it was watchable. That's the thing. That, that's the, to me, there were a couple games where it was like, woof. But, for the most part, it was fairly watchable, and that's what I'm expecting to see this year. You know, I, I don't think there we talked about it on the Eastern preview. There's not a lot of teams. Every team has at least one good young player, if not a couple. So the games are more watchable for that reason alone. Um, but I just, you know, again, I'm not trying to set expectations for myself even of what I'm going to see. I, I just, I think it's going to be a, 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 definitely a losing season bottom three to five in the league. I think five is if they hit that over potentially, uh, you know, on the, on the win total, but it was interesting. Like I said, it's interesting to see that of kind of how that's shaking out with the lineups. Like you mentioned, what is Casey like and all those things. And if the mission is stay competitive, but lose some games, boy, having a, a solid second unit's definitely going to keep you in games, possibly get you a couple wins even, or eke out things. And one of the big discussions in Detroit is what's that final five look like? What's that fourth quarter, last two minutes, five look like? Where someone like a Kelly uh, Olinick, who's on the second team, would slide into that that you know starting lineup, quote unquote, for the last two minutes of a game, just to bring some veteran presence, shooting, spacing, all that good stuff. So, Western Conference, let's go from the bottom up. Uh, Western Conference from the bottom up, yeah, yeah. So it does not get much more bottom than the Oklahoma City Thunder and Houston Rockets. We'll start with OKC, Arturo. Where do you like them? OKC, OKC. I actually, I like some things about OKC that I've seen in the preseason. Even though I kind of think the under, I mean, like the under again for them, it's low, but it's justified. But I'd still stay away. And here's a couple, like so. Again, the number is twenty one and a half. The lowest one a couple days ago, and we haven't projected around twenty to twenty three. I like things that I've seen. I like Josh Giddy. I'm a big Josh Giddy fan, right? So Giddy is a big, tall, like Giddy is, and I have my accomplice tall, Ricky Rubio, and yep. that holds. He's a guy who, when he's on the court, he does really good things, passes the ball, moves the ball around, defends well, tall. He's a, he's, he's a legit NBA player. Like he's a legitimate, like uh, interesting guy. Throwing him in an SBA and Poku and a couple of the other guys on that team, that team 
that team's interesting in two years, and they're they're gonna they're, that team's gonna be better at the end of the season than it is getting. Um, whether or not they're gonna even be interested in winning games, that's gonna be a different story. Because I do think that a lot of this. So they're basically using the the team as an audition roster. So they're just gonna be playing whoever because they're trying to figure out who actually like is the guys are gonna be on the team in a couple of years. Yep. Um, that said, like to me, that's kind of a stay the fault. It's it's, it's stay, the stay away. Yeah, because it's so inconsistent. Yeah. Well, I I mean I like some things, but like I mean I actually I actually my I, did I have no I had under fate fate yep. that exactly for exactly those reasons. Yep. Um, I think there are things on this team that I like. Uh, Poku, but well, no Poku, but like I mean, I like Kitty, Kitty, Josh Kitty. I'm, I'm Kitty's good. Like, yeah, I don't know if you've seen it. He, he's one of those guys that magic class, right? And that is 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 that that kind of raises your ceiling. You can make those passes. You throw an SGA, put pressure on there, and you can actually run a credible offense uh, with him. And he's actually like not bad defense. Like Australia really missed him in the Olympics. He, he was a critical. Like they missed him in Simmons, but he was a critical miss. Uh, for them, because he would have like really helped a bunch of the things they need, particularly that's they need right. another guy. Like he's so he, he's tall, he's like almost so tall. He's like he's like uh, he's he, he's an interesting kind of piece. Um, the Rockets, uh, I was really high on their draft, and uh, like everybody's really high on them for the right. same reasons I was. Um, they they really kind of added for like they they added for NBA for NBA quality players to it. Like Sangoon, uh, God, I forget the name of the guy from uh, Real. Uh, God, uh, Houston Rockets roster. I'm googling really fast. <laughs> we always talk yeah, about I don't know Jalen Green. We always talk about Jalen Green because yeah, it's Green, Sangoon, uh, Josh Christopher, and uh, Usman Garuba. Like, okay. like they added some like oh, these are like they added dudes. Like Sangoon and Garuba are dudes that could play on like good teams, right? Right now, like just because, like again, they couldn't play necessarily starting down, but actually Garuba might be a guy who practiced starting five on a on a on a conference finals team because he's that good. That is how good defensively. Uh, like he legitimately was the best non-US defender at the Olympics. Um, and then you added a bunch of guys who have like you know Josh Christopher was undervalued, but he was in a bad situation, and he actually was the running mate for uh, for Jalen Green. And yeah, you you add four guys that can kind of play at the NBA level. Now, how good they're again? So another team's going to be like, I think they're going to be like much better at the end of the season. And the one thing with this Rockets team is, I actually think that the, a lot of nights are going to be the most talented, like the most physically talented team on the floor, right? right? Just the most experienced uh, too. They're not going to have any experience, but they're going to like they're going to be nights where they're just physically more like when everything clicks, they're going to run people because they're, it's just a bunch of guys who can do things right. Yeah. Uh, and like Sangoon is as good as you know. I keep saying, hey, there's no like the fact that they got Sangoon at like 16 is kind of like what are what are people doing? Um, it, it's just stupid. This guy knows how to play. Um, where are you taking him on the, the over? Old- yeah, you taking him on the over under is a question. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had him overplay on. Like, I I had them. Uh, no, actually, uh, no, actually, actually had them overfade. Um, it was twenty. I think the number was uh, over is twenty five and a half on them. And let me see if I like. I'm looking at the retro. So the I want to see what the latest number is because I'm looking at the old number. I see the, the number from like from yesterday. Uh, so the number for yesterday for Houston was uh, twenty five and a half. Which is just on where we have them projected. I want to see how they play in the preseason before I like 
this is again, this is like my final, final take on rockets. Um, no, they're just about, I mean, like, uh, they're overfade for me. They're going to be really, they're going to be a fun league fast team, right? But they're so fucking young. Like, I could totally, like, I've said this, like, I could totally see this team win, like, I could see this team winning, like, 32, 34 games. But I could also see them winning, like, 18, right? Right, right. Because um, we don't know. There's too many young, too many young people, too many. Well, they might blow it. They might blow it up a little. Like the, the the young guys are so good that they might just like get rid of like Christian Wood and like uh, John. Just move, just move all the old guys and get a bunch of younger guys too. Yep. Because you're like you're playing for like two years from now. Uh, again, single- which is funny because because not that Detroit was you know when Detroit had Wood and he became a free agent they could they didn't you know Houston offered him more money and the quote the famous quote was I want to win I believe he tweeted that even and that was on like one of the worst teams in the league. So hopefully he gets that that dream fulfilled, but it's not going to be in Houston this year. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, like that team has again. This is a team that two years down the line, or maybe even one year down the line, is is competitive because it depends on how quickly a bunch of these guys develop. Like yeah. if they hit on two of these guys, yeah, I mean, and as I said, like you can see how this roster is going to look into you, right? And it's it, it's interesting. But again, I think over fate is still my play for these guys. Uh, next to San Antonio. First, yeah. In San Antonio, like San Antonio historically is the team that does the best against the over under in terms of over. Always go over on the pop. And this year is no different. You're getting, uh, let, let, again, let's see what the latest line is for this because I think it actually went down, which is kind of hilarious. Um, let's see. San Antonio. San Antonio consists of 28 and a half. We have predicted, I have predicted like 33 and a half. And they actually outplayed their projection in the preseason. So yeah, no, like San Antonio is like easiest over. Uh, it's it's not even close. Oh, uh, they're. I mean, I I think one they were not really healthy last few years. Uh, right. I think Pop is is it's anyway. It's not Pop. It's still Pop. I like the roster these guys have. They have some interesting, decent players back. It's. Now that like you know White is healthy and a couple of the other guys are healthy, I mean this is an interesting team. Uh, definitely the the number is too low for them. I I think they're definitely going to be like contention for like that eight like like let like, the eight play and you know, yep. yeah they're going to be in contention for the play. So you definitely the easy 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 over. All right, T Wolves. Anything else? Uh, T-Wolves is another easy over. Like the T-Wolves historically are the worst team against the over under, but this particular season. Uh, because they have a new coach, because they have a new owner coming in, uh, who's already clearing the story with the GM that basically was sleeping with the secretary, and yep. that's already been cleaned out. So, like, you're, you're getting rid of like the the old Republican senator owner stink, uh, and you're getting in like an actual competent, uh, uh, you know, actual competent running a company. And I, I I really like Anthony Edwards. I bought a bunch of Anthony Edwards uh, rookie cards the top season. He grew two inches. He looks like he looks strong, like really strong, like six six. He's pushing people around. It's great. I uh, I love the over. I love the but over. They, so that's great. you know the old uh, the old Republican stink. For those who don't know, smells a lot like high karate. So you can Google that one and, and look that one up. Uh, what about there the, you go. What about yeah, the Kings? They, <laughs> uh, so Sacramento Kings. Uh, you know. I, the problem for them is that the division is evil, right? Yep. So I was, I think I was uh, under fade with them. Yes, I was under fade with the Kings. 
because again, it, it's not that I don't think they don't have the talent, but I think that the problem is that like, you know, they're the fifth worst team in their comp in their division, and right. the te- everybody else is playing like really, really hard, and their schedule is going to be evil. If they were in the East, I would def I definitely think they could make a play. This is again, this happens a lot with Sacramento. If they were in the East, they would make a playoffs possibly. Uh, like they they would definitely be in the eight eight nine ten seed discussion. I do think they have a bunch of like interesting young guys, but the the division is tough and. They could be even their coach. I think could be in trouble because he's had some issues. Well, so yeah, I, I mean that's that's to me is one of the bigger the front office thing. I mean some of the decisions you're like, well, what are you doing? And then you give it to a coach, yeah. and you're like, what is he doing? And you look at the talent, you're like, why are they not better? And so yeah, it's a lot of yeah, it's on it. It's one of it's it's one of the things. It's just it's just a rough spot for them. And I don't I mean I I don't know how you kind of pick them to go over in that particular division. Right, so Sacramento. Next one is Pelicans. Yeah, that's going to be a. I think under. probably. I yeah, I cannot under. see. So I I was underplayed on this team, and I think I'm I'm like underplay now. I'm definitely underplay because of the fact that like I don't know the whole Sion thing. Is uh, we don't know when he's going to play. Uh, he, there's a there's a photo floating around of him in media day this year versus. Oh, I've seen day, it. I think I've seen that, it. Which is yeah, and which Zaxby's my friend. Well, the problem is, I think. Well, he has a he has foot injury, so he can't run. He can't run. So he yeah. foot injury, he can't run. So if you if you have a foot injury, uh, you're gonna gain weight, right? That's that's. I don't think that's like that tells me like that photo tells me that he hasn't been able to work out in a while, right? So yep. I don't think he I don't think he's close to coming back. So under that uh, scenario, you have to switch him like under fade to another play. Yeah, because I think that I think that actually let me check. I think their number might actually gone down. The number their number was thirty eight and a half a few weeks ago, and I think right now, let's see, I have thirty eight and a half. We're looking through like because I have to like projection. We did a couple of weeks ago, and I have projection I just sent, uh, which we did yesterday, which I sent to uh, I sent to uh, hold on to me. I was fl- I was floating this around to like. Uh, we were working. People were like asking about it yesterday. Obviously, yesterday because like we're trying to get our last bets. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, like it's an interesting situation in in New Orleans because it does look like even though they got all those picks from LA and everything else, it does look like really uh, it's a mess of a front office situation. Yeah. Because like yep. like you can tell when people are leaving and doing really well at other destinations. Like, hey, Lonzo, Pelicans are thirty eight. Pelicans are thirty eight. Yeah, Pelicans are uh, Vegas has them at 38 and a half. Uh, and we had them projected, uh, or I had them projected by like 41. But that projection was assuming Zion. And it does look like Zion's going to miss, like, I would say something like 20 games, right? Yep. Uh, that, that's, that, that's a conservative expectation, like, because they're, they're, they're just not even telling you what's happening. So my take on that is, you know, right now, yeah, I'd be. I'd be under on this team, right? Uh, yeah, I think that like I've moved to under just because the situation smells like when it smells like the like when it looks like the rats are coming off the ship, then you kind of have to like treat it like that. Um. Okay. So next on the list is the Memphis Grizzlies. Yep. What do you think about the Grizzlies? Well, they have the same exact problem like every other team that we've talked about so far, and that competition is tough. Vucevic is gone, right? Not Vucevic. He is it. Who's the Senate? No, Valchus. My bad. 
Belichick is gone, and I. But I like Steve, but I like Stephen Adams. I mean, I like the I like the pieces they brought in in return. They're a young team that's kept improving year to year. Um, they've got, got injury questions, right? There's injury questions. I think I think some of the guys that were hurt last year are going to probably be healthier this year. I expect that. Like I think some of that was. I think some of those guys probably had COVID. Uh, I think somebody like Brandon Clark probably had, had COVID. I yeah. and, and I think and I was speculating, but like when somebody mysteriously set a bad team like that. Well, I guess like you kind of seem like, eh, they might have, like Westbrook had one of those uh, where like he wasn't great. And I think some of that was he just couldn't breathe. Um, right. I think that like I like. Memphis Do you have him as an eight seed? Do you like him as an eight seed? I actually even like, I like the division off. I actually think uh-huh. actually like they can, they can, they can, they can go up. As well as team, I think there's team that can make a leap like 48. It's them just because like they have a bunch of really good like if you look at the roster, there's a lot of dudes I like on that roster, right? Yeah. Um, they're well coached, uh, young team development. They played really you well. Have defense. Like, like they played, but they played really well in clutch in, in, in clutch situations in the in the playoffs last year. And they've been that team for a while. So I mean, I'm I mean, I think that I'm an easy over on that team. I think that like they're not getting enough respect. I think that like that that I think you get him with four forty and a half. I had them at 40, 42, uh, but I think they're, I think they're probably like, I could see them winning 46 games, right? Uh, uh, because, I mean, again, they're not, they're not in the Pacific and they're, they're, they're also kind of like, they're, 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 they're scrappy and they have dives that like, you know, I mean, I think if they get a little bit of health, they can actually go over uh, that number, right? They didn't have a lot of fear. I think like, it's a difference between like, I don't think the situations in, in, in Memphis is bad, where I do think the situation in New Orleans is bad, right? Um, right. And I think that actually makes a difference. Uh, next, the Portland Trailblazers. We talked about, actually, by the way, I mentioned, I like that they're, I think their odds to win the division right now were like, they're 440 last, uh, last I checked, but they were in Memphis is an interesting uh, Southwest uh, bet because in essence, you're betting a bet on Memphis is a bet on like it's the kid who bet. Right. Well, that's I the thing. Like, it's funny. I mean, we'll get to, we'll get to the Mavericks, but we'll, that's, get, to that, we'll get to that one. We'll get to, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. So, so next one, next one is Portland, uh, and this one is, is is very simple math. It's like Carmelo Anthony's not there, um, <laughs> even though. So we'll talk about the Carmelo effect is interesting, but like you, if Carmelo leaves, you kind of bet the over. I think the over on them was, and I'll check what the number was as of yesterday. That over number on them was forty four and a half, and I love the over. I think the number went down a little. Bit. So that's that's free head. It used to be like it was like forty five before, and now it's like forty four and a half. Uh, and I, I uh, yeah, I like that. Um, I think that they can go over that. They, I kind of like Damien for MVP. Why? Because Carmelo Anthony's not there. And I think if they have some decent health at center, which they haven't had, uh, it's going to be kind of a, a good, a good thing. For I, I do think they're actually like uh, in a good spot here. Uh, they don't have that hole in the roster. Um, the one really interesting, like they underplay uh, in the. In the preseason, but some of that is, again, I'm, they have a new coach who's a new coach, uh, right? He, just, he has Chelsea. one year as an assistant, Charles. Yep. And I do think that, like, he has to kind of work himself into uh, coaching. Too. But I, you know, like, it's a team to monitor. I do think that they're, they're they, that it's really good odds for them. And I, I see them more like it's a 48. Like, this, I think they're the team that people thought they were going to be last season, right? Uh, because it's the roster from last season minus the huge. The worst player in basketball, right? So if you think away the worst, the worst regular player in basketball. Sorry, I can't help laugh every time. Sorry for all my uh, all my 
friends and followers and listeners who are Knicks fans who stand Carmelo, but yeah, just, it is what it is. Let's just be honest. Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, like, if you had Carmelo on the Knicks, it's a different story. Carmelo on the Knicks is like, okay, but this is right. Carmelo, like, what, six yeah. years after? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. This is a, bad. Like, this is BSN Carmelo. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 China Lee Carmelo. Shanghai Sharks Carmelo. Shanghai Sharks would be like, ah, <laughs> please go, go Phil. Wait for but like he's too much of a defensive liability. <laughs> we got we got to send you to Carolina, man. Come on, man. Come on, come on. What are you doing? You're gonna play for the you're gonna play for the Indios now. What the hell? Hey, damn. Hey, hey, come on. A little too personal. Okay. So Portland over. Uh, I like Bruce. I like I like, like oh. them to MVP. I like uh, Portland. I actually think Portland. 31 to the West is an interesting like bet later. But I think division is probably the more interesting one for them because like in the Northwest, Denver's kind of in a rough spot. Right. And I don't trust I I don't trust Jazz as far as I can throw. Uh like I I don't even call like let's let's not call them the Jazz. Let's call them the Muzaks. They're the Muzaks until they can actually win the playoffs. <laughs> um <laughs> Muzaks. Um okay, so next is the Clippers. Yep. Uh Fairly straightforward. I'm another fade on them. I think the number for them was, uh, let's see, Clippers. Uh, number it's 44. You get 44 and a half um, or 45 and a half for the under. Uh, I've got a predictable like 43, 44. I like the coach. I think the coach can get him to can coach him up. But the division is really tough. The, the 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 environment around them is really tough. They don't have Kawhi. You don't know how much Kawhi you're going to have for this team. Right. They could. They, I mean, if Kawhi plays 20 games in the NFC, then they could totally blow the over on this. Uh, if he doesn't, they could totally blow the under. Um, so it's the most obvious fate to it should not be our board. I think the biggest said like a decent number, but like you don't know what you're getting this team. So you're right. right. Okay. It's like don't don't even like say hey you know I want to say like give some some props to Tyrone Lou. Uh, give some props to I think I think Paul George will probably play out, but there's nothing really intriguing about. I mean, the title hunt is somewhat intriguing. Um, uh, twenty five to one on that, and the only reason the title odds were like winning the West odds would be intriguing for this team is obviously if Kawhi is coming back. Right? So that's right. your if you think Kawhi is coming back, then getting it and he's going to be like himself, then getting a ticket to hold for him in the playoffs is an interesting thing. You're holding Lou. And this team, assuming like, I mean, they can basically play out of the eights, like to say like seven spot. Right. Uh, but but the problem kind of mention playoff Reggie Jackson yet. I mean, you know, it's, it's no, I mean, but some of that, some of that is, some of that is like how uh, Tara Lou runs it. So right. like, in essence, like Lou put him in a really good spot too. But they found some guys. No, again, I, I respect the hell of what they did. But I understand that, like, some of that was, like, you know, some of the certain guys were there. So, like, they, there was an open spot for them to kind of uh, kind of go through. Uh, I think they would have gone to they would have gone to the finals. Maybe I, I, if Kawhi doesn't get hurt, I think there's a good chance they could have won the title, even though, like, I respect that out of Milwaukee. But, like, you know, I think it would have been like, that would have been a hell of a suit. Like, yep. Milwaukee and, and, and full strength L.A. would have been a, like, Clippers would have been a hell of a suit. Yep. Um, but. We didn't get that, uh, and and so you know. So like, I mean, I think the Clippers, like again, the the the, the value there is if you're if you think Kawhi is going to be back uh, and healthy, then there's some value there in uh, holding like the finals chip or like the conference chip. Uh, 
Yeah. But other than that, like there's not, not a lot of futures value there. All right. Nuggets. I heard you shit on them earlier. Why don't you like the Nuggets? Uh, nuggets didn't, really didn't play well in the preseason. Some of that, I think they're working on the rotation. I, I mean, I want their fate on them, right? The problem is where the number is on Nuggets, right? I like those. I like both Tyler a lot. I like I like what they got in the draft. I think they actually like did uh, their upside is bones, and I think like how soon they get to him, like he should be the starter. Uh, is, is, is but but it sounds like their coach their coach has been like like raving about it. Um, and really the thing is, Home Highland. If you look at him uh, as a player and look at the film, he's basically Jamal. He, he's He's, he's he's like he's like a Jamal and Murray equivalent material, right? So so he's he's very much he's very similar. You can run all the same plays. Uh, granted, he's a rookie, so he still doesn't have like the he doesn't he's still quite not not quite you know how rookie this. You come in, you're not used to the contact defense, right? Yeah. So it takes you a while to kind of catch up. But you can run all the same plays, particularly if you if you run like six man and run on the second unit, you get a good bunch of value out of. But 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 the number on them is forty seven and a half, so. I mean, over, I mean, we're slightly over on that. I went under fade initially. I, I think now I'm moved to over fade, but I'm still fade, right? They right. didn't play that. They still have the same problem. Like they, 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 they have the, I think, again, I think Highland needs the guard that they need to kind of solve the guard rotation, but they have guard right now. They have guard rotation, right? They have right. serious guard rotation issues as it stands because they haven't figured it out. You know what I mean? Like the, ta- the the players that they need are there. They haven't got to them yet. Uh, I think it's going to take them possibly like 15, 20. I mean, they might get to like, given the fact that Malone really loves Highland, they might get to it like uh, 10 games. And if, if, if Highland is starting by the, in November, then you can revisit the, the Nuggets. Uh, right. Like the Nuggets futures odds, they're, they're odds to win the division. But if, yep. if it takes them a little longer to figure out that rotation, because Murray's not going to be back, then this team is going to have some issues, like right, because again, it's a re- the issues they have. The problem with this is like most people practice. Hey, these guys have a problem with their guard rotation. Then there's some simple things you can do to kind of like hedge them up. And basically, like what teams are doing against Jokic, which they were cheating up. Like Jokic will still bust you on a lot of those nights, but there are teams that are going to make they're going to make his life harder until he has a cutting guard to play next to. Yep. Right? Yeah. Because it, you know this, you you know you. There's a coach. They think knows what we're talking about. Basically, like if you if you don't have that guard to create pressure on the outside, and it's just everything kind of gears to, around Joe Cake, you can do what the Suns were doing to him, which basically was they were pressing him and forcing him to move off. They were basically forcing him to move to his weak hand or move to the to the the side he didn't want to move because they could basically put pressure, assuming there was you know they could assume there wasn't going to be a cutting man, so they could they could cheat on the pressure they were put on. Right. Right. Uh, so you watch it and like. Again, not everything's going to do that, but like a lot, like let's say, you know, 40, 50% of the league is going to do that, right? Right. And like maybe 30% is going to do it effectively enough to like kind of make the team struggle more than they last. Now, again, home court advantage, which is an edge for them, full edge for them this year. But again, I, I still think it's going to take them a while to get out. Right. Sure. Uh, so we have like to push. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, ask me again. Ask me again in a month. I mean, that's what I said. if they figure out the guard with it quickly and like Bone Thailand is starting in like he started games and like a then then yeah. I mean, I I, I mean, I honestly, Island as of right now, Island should be playing 20, 20, 20, 25 minutes a night, partic- like particularly against second units. He should be murdering second units across the board 
in, in the league, right? Yeah. Even though he's a rookie, they because again, every time they put him in, you just you like it. Like you could tell the kid was going to do that because when they're playing the Warriors, what the Warriors preseason, and the Warriors, it's like a second game. The Warriors immediately were basically going two up zone. Like they would basically they were basically treating him like the primary offensive uh, player when he was on the floor. Right, like they they were literally going at Highland, sending two. They were sending two men on defense, and the Warriors have a decent, very good defense. So they were basically going at him, and he was having problems in that game because he just wasn't used to two NBA defenders on. Right, right. So, yeah. and he wasn't getting any contact. And you don't figure that out. But the majority of teams aren't going to do that. So, like the uh, the Nuggets should take advantage of that, playing twenty twenty five minutes a night on second units and just absolutely murder second units, right? Yeah. Because like that they won't have, like the second units on like. To throw a random team in here, the second unit on like the Magic or like the well on the Magic are not going to have the talent like stop Highland on right. Magic. Like they're not just like no, it's not going to happen. Just get him out there twenty minutes when like Jokic got on there and like get him get some cross coverage with Jokic and everything will be copacetic. Yeah, right. Um, it's the Warriors. I'm sorry, I spent some time. Oh, yeah. talking about that's that. all right. But I thought you were gonna like really go after him, but that's actually a very glowing comment. If they can figure it out, then they can do better. That's a good thing. That's yeah, that's but, a good thing. The the problem, but again, the problem is because of the injuries, they have like a half acid rotation. They have a bunch of guys who have experience but aren't good, right? And so, but the guys who are good, the obvious guy is there, but he's a rookie, and I think seems to protect them. But really, you should throw him into like like you have a you have all these Jamal Murray sets, right? And if you look at both these players, like literally physically the same, they have the same kind of skill set. They're both have the same similar shooting sets. They both have really good around the rim. So fuck it. Just throw them out there and like give him those sets, right? But like with you, what you can do is throw them out there with those sets, but throw them out there, like put them in the, mon- the mono rule. Put them in like against, like when the first, when the second unit defenders come in, throw them out there, run those sets, right? Yep. And eventually the other people figure out that like when this guy's go, like basically I have to move defenders to the second unit to do that. But that means you have less defenders to cover joking. So disruption, right? This is this favors you. This is what you should be doing, right? Make, make, make people work for it. Like again, it's obvious to me watching it, but like it's not necessarily like then it's obvious to, I'm sure it's obvious to some coaches, but not necessarily to every coach. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Um, I think the next one is uh, Warriors. the Warriors. The Warriors, I was really kind Darlings. of... Yeah, the NBA darlings. No, I, was, <laughs> I, I was evil to them when I did the initial preview. The model did loving them, like the the you know, preseason because they were playing some bad teams. Yeah. But my take on them now, so I was I was under play on them before because I think the number on them was... Uh, so the number on the Warriors was a... Well, 47 and a half. So the number's gone up. Yeah, they've become dark. Number is like kind of, it's 47 and a half. We had to predict like 43 and a half. Um, but my take on the Warriors now is that um, I'm, I think Vegas actually kind of nailed this number. Uh, I think it's, I, I'm slightly over fate because uh, when you look at this team, um, they're a bunch of, like, this is, team has gone from like not having anybody, like having a bunch of guys that didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Yep. On the court, uh, hello Kelly Oubre. Uh, to now they have a bunch of guys that like, like real, like you know, you got Otto Porter, you've got Bedlikad, you've got like Igudala, you got a bunch of guys who actually do really know what they're doing, right? And I think some of these guys are guys who work proper. Like Bedlikad was a guy who was really good in Europe, who's been good in spots, but wasn't being used 
in the right way. They weren't letting him like he's a guy who can handle the ball, right? He's a guy who's he's one of these he's one of these European forwards that can handle like basically can run the floor, right? Because they're trained that way. But um, American coaches don't use them that way because they think, oh, big dude, he doesn't cape. But this dude can actually like again, like Giddy, he's a big guy. Like his value is, hey, you can actually like have him like bring the ball up, like do things on the perimeter and run around and create defensive pressure. Um, so he's going to be well used, like. Uh, uh, Draymond, Draymond was raving about him. Draymond actually really knows the basketball. Guy oh, yeah, he does. Uh, and so that team is, is, is they're a veteran team. Uh, they're obviously not as strong as they're going to be with Clay comes back. I have my doubts about how good Clay's going to be when he comes back. Right. Because, you know, it's been it's been almost two seasons. Uh, it's a foot injury. Uh, and he's a guard. So there's some possible downside there. But I like what they're doing on the rest of the rotation. Their division is tough, though, so I'm, this is why I'm like not raving. But I, I, I mean, I, I think I'm, this is an interesting team. I thought last year, if they had screwed up their uh, the roster build, they could have gone to the finals, right? Um, uh, and given that they've actually fixed their roster issues, uh, I think the question is going to be how much how much oh. they use James Wiseman and how they yeah. use James Wiseman because like they were really bad when Wiseman played. Last year, uh, because Kerr didn't get out of his own way on, but they, but again, they, they also, they also kind of solidified the coaching staff, which is really interesting. They, they, they kind of shuffled it and made it better. Um, so, I, again, I think forty-eight is probably about right for this team. Uh, a lot of it's going to depend on health, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that, like, for example, they're that they're. I have a favorite bet for tonight, and it's like the. The Warriors uh, Bucks parlay uh, is actually a really good bet tonight because I do think both these teams are better than the teams that they're playing or disarray. Right, right. I think the Warriors, the Warriors know they are. Like right now, you watch the Warriors playing, they know, like they know what they are. And there isn't a time on the court when there are like three guys who know what the fuck they're doing. Right, right. The, what, what I call that, they're professional basketball players, right? Like, like who have experience, who've been there, who, who kind of know how to run it. Like Otto Porter knows how to run the defense, right? Yep. Uh, and he, he knows to stand there and take a shot. He knows, you know, what rotation to call. Same with Bedrickla, same with uh, Green, same with Iguodala, same with Curry. These guys know what the fuck they're doing. I think the Scott Anderson is actually decent. There's a couple of guys, like even some, uh, I forget there, Kevin Poole. Kevin Poole is a guy who's, uh, who's, who's going to have kind of a distance, I think, like shooting. Just again, this is a, an, interest, it's an interesting team. I, I may be too low on them. But I want to see them playing, right? If, if, right. This is why I'm kind of like I, I think Vegas got the line right. So I'm, I, I, my take is I'm over, but fair, which means I think that Vegas is right. Yep. But this team has upside. But I have I, I've outlined my concerns all. Um, so oh, so what we're uh, talking about uh, is, by the way, just FYI, we're talking about former Michigan Wolverine Jordan Poole, not Kevin Poole, who maybe his cousin. So. <laughs> oh, Jordan Poole, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, Dallas Mavericks, yeah, but no, he people people yeah. like people like him a lot. Oh, he's gotten big time play. Yeah, most player, most improved. He's like that's that's he's become the hot bet. I like I like I like I, I, my my most improved bet is I think Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo is yeah. the guy who you want to hold on to because I do think that this is this lines up really as a. As a, if the Bulls are really hot, then I think Ball is your MIP, right? Kind of like how uh, this is kind of like how Randall was. Kind of once once the Knicks got hot, it was like, yeah, no, J- Randall's going to win this. Like, yep, doesn't matter, man. He's doing it. 
Um, next, Dallas Mavericks. Dallas, yeah. The Jason Kidd effect. Jason Kidd effect. So I'm I'm on there <laughs> on this. Uh, I think. Uh, let's see. I have Dallas on here. So even though Dallas, so basically Dallas uh, had a uh, number is like 48 and a half. We haven't predicted 48. Uh, they played really well in the uh, preseason. But again, the Jason Kidd effect. And, and the reason I, the interesting thing about Jason Kidd is like, so Jason Kidd's the kind of guy that like is fine. Let me say, it's like, it's like a buddy of yours. You're fine seeing once every five years. Right. Because <laughs> it's good analysis. spending a couple of days, spending a couple of days with him, that's fine. But spending right. six months with him, <laughs> so I don't think the rail. I mean, I think he's full on the, the honeymoon phase. The rails to how he come off uh, on that, and I just think that like there's enough evidence at this point that he basically burns all bridges and like pisses everybody off. Like, right. And so this is my concern with him because I think that like you know things gonna get like weird. And I think uh, I, no, I have no insight on this whatsoever. I just know what I see, and when. Mark Cuban personally invited JJ Barea to come be an assistant coach again, and JJ walked in that situation. That to me said a lot. That this is not going to be a situation that's going to be good or work for him or what have you. And you know, he has his own aspirations. That's fine. But like when one of your when you're personally invited by the owner to come and be an assistant coach and you turn it down, there's a reason it happens, right? There's a reason that happens. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of those is like you're looking at it and go like you probably don't. I could see, I, I could, given what I know about Jason Kidd in every situation, I could see why you would not want to be associated with a Jason Kidd coaching style. And like, oh, no, but I don't want to do this. Uh, I mean, the only way you do it is maybe if you're the, you're the assistant. Uh, you're the guy assistant, has, you, you build your resume for, yeah, yeah. And you think you can get it, but I, think, I don't think JJ, I don't think JJ needs to do that. So he's probably smart and like kind of, Hey, I can go off and coach somewhere else. Well, well, if this happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I think that like the other thing is I don't, and I've complained about this before, which is uh Porzingis, the Knicks the Knicks totally won that trade. And I, I don't know how the fit like Persingis is kind of useless, right? And he has been kind of useless for a while. And we gotta see if they can get anything for him or something, but but there is a like Luca is resplendent but there are some blocks in his way this year because i don't i don't love what this team has done and i and i have to see it and like right now my take on this team is still it's still on still kind of i i don't know how this is gonna work like short term but like i don't know how it's gonna work long term uh so i'm gonna i'm there's no reason i i there's some evidence that now oh, it's good but i i just think it we have a longer like sometimes short evidence is long evidence the long evidence and this kid is like Yep, stay away. Run. Stay run. run. <laughs> We're getting one of my favorite sets next. Yes. Phoenix Suns. Uh, so Suns, there's a lot of Suns action here. So the Suns are now projected. Uh, I think the over, you get them at 50 and a half. I had them projected uh, around like 51 and a half. So the line's decent. Uh, 50. I really, I like the Suns to win the division more than I like the over, but I'm still overplaying. I think. The trick with this team, even though they have the DeAndre, like there was a long, huge fight yesterday. So they didn't sign to the extension, which I think is really dumb. And it, the reason it's really dumb is like the NBA signing a new TV deal in like 25. So basically, the last three years of the extension would be basically at minimum uh, like 
at most 60 cents on the law. So even even if it's a bad extension, you're still getting him like three years and six cents on the law, right? So, right. And I don't think it's a bad extension because I do think eight's actually like improved year to year and it's actually like a really good piece. Uh, but there's what did, like the Suns are a young team that were improving before they got Chris Paul and then they improved more and then they went to the finals. They had the best road record in the league last year. They played hard every night. Uh, scrappy as fuck. They showed up. They took punches and punched people back. I mean, they eventually lost, but like there are specific reasons why they lost that final. They still kind of fought uh, hard. So, I mean, like they're my favorite division bet on the board. Just, you can get plus money on these guys. To win this. Like you can get a plus 225. And really, that is the easiest bet on the board, right? Um, yep. That, I like that. I like the, the West of it. The bet is interesting for them. But yeah, no, the division bet for them is like the best bet on the board. It's easy. It is the best number you're going to get for them all year. I think I was 225 uh, when I did my pod on Real GM. Fan, let me see. FanDuel Sports. Let's see. I think it's probably gone down. I think the, the thing is, I keep saying, like, this is the best This is the best price you're going to get for the Suns to win the, the, the Pacific all year, right? That number is going to keep going down, right? Because I, I just, again, I have a feeling what we're going to talk about about next, and you, you, you should like this is a bat, like this is a dumb, like it is a, it is a sign of this. Like the team went to the finals. This is a young team that went to the finals last year, right? Yep. And their their roster is not worse, right? Uh, so why are you getting why are you giving this team plus money? Why, why are you giving plus money bets for them? Like, yes, because that's plus 200. It was plus 25. Now it's down to plus 200. In a month, it'll be like even money, right? Yep. Because, again, they're the team in that division that at least question marks. They won it last year. And they won it kind of, like, it wasn't like they won it. It wasn't like what they won it. It was hard for them to win. They won it. They won it going away. And, again, they're, 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 they're better last year than the year before. They're probably going to be better this year than the year before, right? So... Because again, this is the way the young teams go. And yeah, there's gonna be some decline from Chris Fall, even though he takes care of himself like a maniac now. But again, everybody else around them, Booker and Aiton and Payne and all these guys are improving. So just just this is a stupid bet, right? I think let me see. Uh with their their, their Western conference price right now is still eight and a half to one. And I think their eight and a half to one is interesting. Um I certainly like their odds better than like the Jazz. Like, so I like their odds better than the Jazz. Uh, and anybody, I mean, I, I think right now their price, I would have them as, I would probably put them as slight favorites to win the West. And they're right now their odds are the fifth, right? And, and I know why I'm putting, the reason I'm putting them as slight favorites is that they've shown they can win the playoffs. They've already gone to the finals. It's a young team. And everybody else around them, like everybody else, other team in the Western Conference is question marks. The Lakers do, the Warriors do, the Clippers do, the Jazz do. The Nuggets, dude. The Suns are the Suns, right? Yeah. We know what the you know we know what we're getting from the Suns, right? Uh, so you know they're eight and a half to one. I would probably give their odds to win the West like twenty percent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I mean, which is I, I think they're a slight. They're not overwhelming favorites, not even close. But it's not the Jazz where I know the Jazz are gonna they're gonna the Jazz are gonna do some stupid thing to blow a game <laughs> in the series. They always do. Quinn Snyder always does this. He always blows a game. He shouldn't blow. And they still don't have a wing defender other than Rudy Gobert. So Rudy Gobert is going to have to go across. He's going to have to cross the... He's going to have to abandon the rim defense to go defend somebody on the perimeter in these series. And people are going to be like, oh, Rudy can't defend. Like, well, fucker, it's not that Rudy can't defend. It's like Rudy's being asked to cover 
like the, the uh, everything inside well, the three point line. <laughs> and he's covering. Why is why is Rudy Ball covering the like covering the point of attack? Right. Like if Rudy Rudy Gobert has to cross. Like when you saw why did France make the why did France make the finals in the Olympics because they had multiple defenders around him, right? Because they had multiple win defenders. They had Nick Matula. They had a couple other guys on that team. And so like yeah, the U.S. beat them eventually because one because France had a France had a bad shooting stretch in that game, and two like. Kevin Durant went insane, and the U.S. basically finally said, "Like we can't fucking play the the literal Olympics, right?" Yep. So the like, but still, like it was still a close game, right? So like, you know, if you put if you if if Utah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about Utah, but Utah basically has a problem with their they they have a problem with their uh, with their roster. That it's it, the problem is that Rudy Rudy is actually like Rudy's favoring over a lot of their problems, right? Yep. Um, but again, the point being that like the Suns are on the price both for division and for the conference. Uh, yep. Division more than conference. Like the right. conference is a little bit riskier because I mean, there's again Kawhi in the back, it's double the thing. Yep. But yeah, the division is definitely like like 200 to, for them to win. It's, that's extreme. Just just go get that and thank me when it's down. To, like when when the when the books like if you get the Suns to win the division at 220 at 200 now, the books are going to be begging to buy that. Uh, like they're going to be putting it like at minus 125 or something. Right. You'll be able to like cash it out. Like you'll be able to cash it out in the middle of the season. Guys, come on. Like little bangers. goes out of 20 games. And you, that, okay. <laughs> Talking about the Lakers. Okay. So the Lakers, um, Lakers are, um, I believe the price on the Lakers right now is uh, 52 and a half. Actually, so uh, it was funny because as we were talking, I was doing these, as we were talking, we managed to drive it down to 52 and a half. So it was a 53 and a half before, but still, it's, it's, it's the easiest underplay on the board. Um, historically, the Lakers uh, play at about, I think the error on the historic is like five wins less than whatever the overhead is in the last 10 years, right? Yeah. Um, they're overpriced by the public. Um, and this particular team is one of the oldest teams that we've seen in the CFCH. I think one, the, the Jazz teams after they won, went to the finals were similarly as old. Like the, those Jazz teams that went to the finals against Jordan and just fell off a cliff afterwards. Because the problem is like, as you, it's not that the players are bad. It's like availability becomes concerned. Um, I have a big uh, argument if I would like because you know a lot of these projections have like LeBron and AD playing seventy games, and I think that is complete and utter nonsense because there's no evidence that like they they haven't played seventy equal of seventy games like in years. So functional, I mean, yeah, they I think they played the in the in the, in the Disney season they did, but they had a you know. You had a month off, month and a half off in the middle, like or two months off in the middle of the season, which kind of helps with that. Uh, my expectation is more like they're going to play like sixty games. Uh, one because I think one, you know, injuries and rest, and this is what you know. LeBron's thirty-seven at this point. AD is tall and has foot issues, and you know, there's a reason we call him Mister Fragile. Um, so I think they're they're both going to miss time. Uh, because also I think the Lakers want to keep them healthy for the playoffs. So I mean, I think that. You know, this is. I mean, I think they're probably going to win. Like, you know, they, they, I, the, the, the nominal bet for me for like a play would be like forty-eight. Like, you know, I think forty-eight or yep. even lower, forty-five. Like, uh, forty-five is what the model's saying. Mm. Um, and they played really poorly in the preseason. They were, uh, they're, they're, they adjusted. It, it's even lower. So there's a lot of fragility and downside to Lakers. Like, the Lakers have to hit. Like basically, the Lakers have to be hit like 10 coin flips to actually hit the over uh, on on this number. In my because again, like you know, everybody has to stay healthy. There's yeah. no depth on this. 
they got rid of the best uh, wing defender in Cruz, right? So the best on point of the ball. In fact, like they're not as good defensively as they were. Um, and there's a lot of fragility on the loss. So everybody else in the division got stronger. I mean, except for the Clippers, but like, but everybody else kind of got stronger too. So it's an easy, it's an easy under. For, and I mean, in like, uh, it's an easy under for me. I would bet the field on them to win the title with the field on them to win the conference. It's, 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 it's just, again, are they on the right side of the, like, there's a point where being really old helps in the playoffs, but there's a point where it does. And, you know, I think that this is going to be more like last season than it was uh, two seasons ago, because I don't think that like, if you, this team, if it has to go, like it went through, it it couldn't, this, this roster could not survive. And a deeper version of the roster could not survive a 72 game season last year. By the time they got to the playoffs, they were basically in shambles. And this is going to be a longer season, right? So 82 games, uh, a lot more. Comp- I mean, it's good. Top friends that the other teams are better. Be- Let's be honest, teams are better. And the under, by the way, 50 to 52 and a half is at negative 145. So, I, that's it's yeah, that's the that's the safe that so to speak. But I also think I, I was talking about this with someone the other day, and I said, you know. We saw it in the bubble. The bubble was the first preview, in my opinion, of the changing of the guard, where all these teams, and then last season, right, compressed schedule, and who's in the who's who's doing well? The Hawks, right? Young teams, the Bucks, young teams. There's there actually a discussion about Detroit. Someone said, "How do you think they'll do?" I said, "Well, it's you know, I'm not in any hurry to win because once LeBron took over the East, we were done. We had no chance." Now Giannis is taking over the East. So take your time. Let, let him wear himself down. You know, get a good team for a couple of years from now. But I feel like the there's a change of the guard with these younger teams are all like the Memphis of the world, right? They're all kind of making this these advances to, you know, moving up every year, getting better every year. And a team like the Lakers is like, you know, it reminds me, it's, it's not as bad as like, the old there's that would sign any old per- you know, when they were signing Tyson Chandler's 15th contract, have, but I have real concerns. There's a real shot that like you only have one of the three guys for the playoffs, right? Right. Uh, that's what that's, I'm saying. Like, like, and again, this is why I'm looking at something like and going like, like, yeah, if you can guarantee the health of everybody on this team for the entire season, yeah, they can win those in for the other games. And but you can't. And like that the the nominal situation is that, like, you know, you're going to, the top three guys in the team are going to miss like six games, right? Yep. At least. And you can have a situation where, like, you know, AD plays 40, right? Or you can have a situation where LeBron fights. Because again, age, and we've seen this with, like, you know, it, it just gets rougher, particularly when you put them through the wear and tear. Like, the Lakers should want to manage the minutes on these teams. But again, the problem is, like, they're going to have, like, it's like the same thing that happened last week. Like, they couldn't manage. Like what happened at the end of the 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 West is so tough they they managed the minutes anymore, then you wouldn't have made the playoffs and you had to play these guys when they weren't ready so they they broke down then you know do the I've talked about this, the cortisone shots yeah I think these cortisone shots which is the the make the, the that is the Mickey Mantle shot Mantle used to take that shot because basically destroyed his knee uh, Doctor Feelgood shot so yeah. you take that but then you have a couple weeks where you can actually like play. But it's a trade-off. What you're doing is you're not healing the injury. What you're doing is you're you're deadening the injury so you don't feel it. But if you're doing work on that particular leg or that particular like joint, you're wearing and tearing it. You're not letting it heal. So once it once you're 
you're done, then basically you're in a situation where like, well, you just made it worse, right? You possibly made it worse. So sounds like someone trying to talk me out of playing tonight, quite frankly, Arthur. I gotta be honest with you. I have a bum knee, got you know, collision with a teammate, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, but what you what you exactly what you should think. But the thing is, you're not, but then you're gonna rest for a week, right? You were talking, yeah, I'm gonna rest for a week. If you feel like that, like then yeah, go out and then go out and try to stretch it. It's like what you should do is like doing like like just go out and try to stretch it, walk on it, which is like or get on a cycle or something. And if you once you get it warm and loose, try to go for a little bit because that you'll be able to go. But you know yep. what's going to happen as much after afterwards you're going to stiffen up. Yeah. But if you have a week to rest, then you might be fine. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's your belt. We'll play it by the whole. Yeah. The 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 problem for them is like yeah. If you're if you have nagging injuries at that age and you have to, you can't take a rest because you have to play. You know you're playing three games a week, right? Back to backs. That cartilage injury, yeah, within one week. <laughs> then, then basically, by the time you get to the playoff series and you're playing somebody like the Suns or like you know, you're playing one of these, like, like you know, you playing somebody like say Memphis or something yeah. that has a bunch of young guys who are like all ready to go, and man, you, you you can't do it because you just don't have it. Yep. Uh, and I think that's again the the trick for the Lakers is that they're the, it's a very oh. Uh, they're, they're very, 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 very uh, kind of like very narrow windows, actually. So again, I mean, I'm Lakers, I'm on a, I'm another, I'm, I'm another play, uh, yep. and 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 I have my the reasons that like the the date of the preseason basically tells me that I'm right. Uh, and this is why I say like I think the Lakers are going to start on a losing streak. The Lakers are not going to be good, no. like because they, they, they there's some there's, there's so many things, things to take, figure out. Yeah, it's, it's gonna take it's gonna take them like two or three weeks to figure it out. By the time they figure it out. And, and one, they might have an injury. Two, the Suns are not. It's not going to take the Suns two or three to figure it out, man. The Suns are going to come out hot, and they're going to. It's it's a it's a Chris Paul team. Uh, that the entire not just Chris Paul, but F, the entire team is, is scrappy as fuck. They're they're the kind of team they're going to come out. They're, they're, they're going to try to crush people yep. just because that's we saw that in the playoffs. They're going to come out. And they're going to. They, they don't want to beat uh, it's, it's Bill Belichick. They don't want to beat you by. They, they don't want you. want to beat you by one touch. I want to beat you by four. Right. So. So the Suns are going to come out. And they're going to get a lead in that division, which, as I said, the Sun price is as good a price as you're going to get. That 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 will be minus money in in a month. And like, quote me on this, write it down, and I'm saying in December the Sun at some point are going to be minus money to win the division, right? It, because it's it's just just look at the schedule, look at the way it is, look at how the other teams are. They're going to have like a five six game something just early, just because it'll take it'll take a while for the teams. Yep. Anyway, um, last save, jazz. The music. Music. You saw music. Yes, because there is no jazz in Utah. It's, 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 it's please, <laughs> come on. Um, no, but I mean, like, okay, so the issues on this team remain the same. Now, the edge for this team and the reason why you go overplay, which is what I'm doing, is because they play in motherfucking Utah, right? And what that means is they play at altitude. And because they didn't get a full season at altitude last year, plus they had injuries, they are under front. Like actually, I think I have ooh, actually that number's gone up. It was fifty-two yeah. and a half when I first played it, and I had to predict at fifty-four and a half. Now the number's up to three and a half. Five and a half. Oh. No, the number's up the, the number's up three ways. The number was really wrong when I first bet it. So at 52 and a half, they were automatic overplay. Now 55 is too rich. 54 and a half is light, <laughs> slightly rich. I would probably still go, I mean, I'd still go over on 54 and a half. Uh, maybe shop around a little bit, get a three still, 
But Bet Online's got it at fifty three. Yeah. Sorry, Bet Online has it at uh, shit. I just lost it. Bet Online has them at fifty three and a half. Yeah, fifty three and a half is a bet over. Yeah, you take that. Yep. Fifty three and a half is a bet over. Uh, fifty four and a half. Look for fifty three and a half, right? Because I think that like. Uh, and again, the upside there is that, you know, they're playing at altitude, they're playing, at, uh, you know, they, they should have some decent health. Colony was healthy. Uh, yeah. Donovan uh, wasn't healthy either. Uh, so, I mean, and, and again, the issues that the issues that the Jazz have are they don't have any wing defense, right? Uh, but because they have Rudy Gobert, regularly in season, that's not a problem. Uh, and again, I think if they have Rudy Gobert, they have Mike Conley. Conley is actually decent on, like, so let me explain that a little bit. So there are three primary types of defenders in the NBA. Like, stop thinking about about positions. Really, you have to think about the guys that, I mean, really, you have the rim defenders, right? The guys who are, like, blocking the rim. You should be in the paint blocking the rim. It should be between wherever the hell the ball is and the basket, right? So think of a line between the basket and the ball, right? And there's a guy who should be at the rim, right? Between the ball and the rim, and there's a guy who should be at the point of attack on the ball, the on-ball defender, right? Yep. So that's the line. And then besides that is what you call the wing defenders, right? So the wing defenders are floating around that line on the guys who are running around on the three-point, right? And then there's the help defenders that there's gonna be help defenders at the rim, they're gonna be floating around, finding it's trying to cut the comes off. So really, these are kind of the way you should be thinking about modern defense. So Rudy is your Rim defender. Conley is your best, you know, point of attack. All defender, yeah. Because Donovan's, yeah, because Donovan's crop out. And the problem for the Jazz is they don't really have a good win. But regularly in season, if you can basically defend the line, you have, I mean, you have bodies who are like in place. You can kind of defend most teams really well, particularly if Rudy doesn't have to like leave the line. And because in the regular season, people teams don't scheme specifically for matchups. Like, so I don't scheme specifically for playing the Jazz. I scheme for playing every NBA team because it's too hard for me to specifically scheme for a particular team on a particular night. Does that make sense? Yep. So the general offensive philosophy for teams, like, so my general like playbook will be will be foiled by simply having. I mean, hell, Rudy Gobert at the at the rib. Basically, Rudy basically makes. Everything at the rim just go down in value, which basically means teams have to beat them by making shots on the outside. The Jazz basically got the game win most nights, right? Yep. The problem is once you get to the playoffs, because I don't have any wing defenders, then I can actually draw specific patterns of attack where basically like the, the Clippers were doing, where the Clippers were basically just doing runs around. The Clippers were basically doing, uh, you know, variations on the hammer play. They're doing action at the line or a lot of motion at the top, which basically because the, the Jazz didn't have really, didn't have Cully, they didn't have a point of attack defender. They could get, generate all these open looks by doing motion on the outside. And they were basically moving, they would move Rudy back and forth from side to side. And then, you know, that, you know, one guy will, they'll move it to the right side. And then as Rudy moves over to cover, they'll pass the ball across the field to the guy coming in from the others. So, so somebody's coming at the rim, but like Rudy is their default, right? So they, they could specifically scheme to move Rudy out of position, right? And because the Jazz have no help defenders, right, or no competent help defenders, and they don't have a comp- they don't have a Chris Paul at the point of attack, or they don't have somebody who can disrupt the ball motion, like so, if you try that against the Suns, the Suns would basically like if you start doing that shit against the Suns, try to move Aiden out of position, Paul and Booker would basically like drop in the middle where you're trying to call and deflect there, right? 
Yep. So you know, you try to pass it across the bay, and two two Phoenix guys would come in and like grab the ball and run the other way because they, you know, they're smart enough and they're competent enough they can disrupt that play. But like the Jazz didn't have anybody do that, so the only option for the Jazz, like fuck this, Rudy's like fuck this, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to come up to the guy who's like has the ball because nobody else can guard him at the point of attack. But then you can just basically do free runs at the at at the rim, and then they would like you know then then Quinn would get frustrated take. Uh, Rudy out and become a layup line threat. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> because like co- these coaches, again, one of the problems for NBA coaches is they chase. And what I mean by they chase is like they get too cute with these things, right? right. Yep. Because like oh, all of a sudden my, my 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 traditional defense, which is Rudy at the rim, right? Yep. Is being attacked in a certain way, which is making less effective. But my response is that, I mean, I could, I could stick with it, which would be less effective than try to beat him on the offense a bit, or I could start doing dumb shit, which is even less, less effective than that, and get crushed. And they start doing, they start chasing, right? So just, just like, don't get, sometimes it's like, sometimes if you don't have the personnel, don't get cute. Don't like, overthink it. Yeah. Like, don't overthink it. Yeah. And somebody like Slider doesn't know that Slider gets cute. And then eventually he figures out that, well, ah, fuck, getting cute was a problem, right? So, dude, stop doing it. Just like, Meat and potatoes. And I think, like, what buttonholes is another classic example of that. Like, dude, no. It's like, it's Giannis. Just play him more, right? Leave him in. Like, yes. it's, just, it's just Rudy. Leave him in and leave him at the rim, right? And then, like, trying to, like, just basically what they sometimes do. Like, again, I think the issue, the issue with the Utah is I think they need, they would, they need, their team that needs to go out and, like, they, they, they like, the Lakers for Avery Brown, the Jazz should have fucking picked up a loop, right? Yep. Because, Amy Bradley has some issues as an NBA player, but Amy Bradley is one of the best on-ball defenders I've ever seen, right? Physically live, right? And he he may not be that guy anymore, but like, fuck, he's better than anything you... Better than what you got, he, yeah. <laughs> he's better than anything Utah has to throw at the rim with like only that. They're fucking... Pick him up. You've got that of a mission. You can afford to have Amy Bradley there not shoot the ball. Fuck it. You, you don't need him to shoot the ball. Like, yep. pick up these guys who you know can fucking defend, right? Find these guys who can like... like you know, somebody like like James Johnson, guys like that who are like, you know, Crowder, guys who can be like, again, you don't need it, it's it's you don't need another white hole. Right. Right. Sorry. <laughs> for saying, like, but you but you know what I mean? Like they're getting these guys like, yeah, they're, they're nice kind of on pieces, but like sometimes in roster construction. Right. And I know because you have Rudy Gobert, you think you don't need to like spend any like asset on defense but you need to get these guys from these playoffs where like you need a guy who's going to go out there and murder like i mean um, but you know what I mean. somebody who can, you need some one of these rudos you need like well they would call spanish a ruder like a yeah. rough guy you need a rough guy who can go there and like get on the ball and be defensive and like you know if you look at the bucks the bucks have those guys like the bucks have those guys they pick up those guys whose job it is to go out and harass somebody pj like yeah PJ, the pj tucker bucks you have pj tucker and he's out there like, you know, Bobby Portis, too. Like, you have somebody who's out there. Like, Dwight Howard is doing this for the Lakers. You have a guy whose job it is to go out there and harass somebody on defense, which on in the playoffs is fucking useful, particularly since it protects your primary defenders for having to leave their positions, right? Because the one thing the Lakers did really well when they won the title was, like, they protect the... Like, Davis was at the fucking rim, and the Lakers had a just a slew of, like, big dudes they could throw out on Joe Kick and other guys to rough them up and keep them out of position. Again, the Jazz, right? So this is why I like the Jazz over in the season, but for the playoffs, I don't like them at all because right now the personnel they have 
is very vulnerable. Like once you get into a series with the Dow, the competent coach will throw out a scheme that that will basically blow up Snyder because he doesn't have the personnel to protect Gobert. And again, the issue isn't Gobert on defense. It's like you can't go where he it's, it's he's like Napoleon water. He can't be everywhere, right? He can't cover every position and the jazz don't have you like you, you, if you're going to be, if, if this is your identity, if you're the defensive team, like Toronto won the title like that, you need like Toronto. If you look at Toronto team that won the title, they had like, they had five guys like that you could throw on. Like you had what you had Danny green, you had Serge Ivaka. You had Kyle Lowe. You had uh, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, yep. You had uh, Mark Saul. You had, God, he said, what's the name of the Ananobi. Uh, and uh, uh, OG, no, no, the, the powerful. They're known Siakam, but like, no, the Siakam. Siakam. You, you, had, you had nine guys on that, yep. on that draw. Like, I remember watching them early in the season going like, fuck, this team's, this team's winning the title. Like, what? It's like, dude, they have nine guys on defense, right? Yep. They have a coach that understands how to physically play defense. And you have nine guys on this team that you can throw out in defensive alignments that can, you know, that can rough you up on defense. You have right. multiple guys on point of attack, multiple guys at the rim. Like just like it's like there like there were games for that Toronto team. Like when 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 Kawhi, I used to joke about this. Like for Kawhi, you always want his offhand. And if Kawhi, if the if the referee is allowing Kawhi to push people off with his with his offhand, the game's over. Yeah. Right. So if Kawhi can start like he, because Kawhi literally can like push guys. Pick them up like an inch and move them off like five inches away, right? With his, he's so just freaky strong. strong. Yeah. And when the referee let him do that, the game's over, right? Because he's he's going to the rim, and on defense, you're not getting position on him at all, right? Uh, but like you know, sometimes the ref won't let him do that. But it happened at Piles that happened. There was one game like you know, he, you can watch his face. He sees it, he does it. The referee basically like eats his whistle on it. And quite just gets his face. And you're, yeah. Well, he doesn't even smile. He gets the face, which is like, yeah, just a little. Yeah, and 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 that's kind of again, we 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 spent a lot of time talking about like modern NBA play, but I think it's a fair. I mean, it's a fair conversation to have about understanding because I get frustrated because people are like, oh, Rudy's bad at defense. Like, you don't understand what the hell you're saying, right? Yep. Because it's not like, oh, Rudy gets exposed. Yeah, Rudy gets exposed because his team doesn't have the personnel, right? Right. Like. And he gets exposed because it's, it's his coach basically abandons this team that works, right? That's the other reason he gets exposed. It's not him. It's like if if if, you, if I mean you can be the best like you can be the best quarterback in the world, but if your coach asks you to play like wide receiver, what the fuck, right? And that's that's the issue with the with the Jazz. Uh, so again, I like the over on them. Uh, I don't like uh, them from the West. I don't like the title. And until I see differently, I would never like them, right? So it's like I I need. I mean, maybe they make pretty more. Yeah, maybe. Well, they have to. And when you have glaring, glaring. Hey, maybe they trade for. Maybe they trade for Ben. Maybe they trade for Ben Simmons. We'll see. We'll see. Arturo, that was the West. There are two games tonight: Bucks and uh, Nets, and then you've got Warriors, Lakers. Bucks, Warriors, Bucks, Warriors. Parlay is plus two thirty-three. I think. Uh, Plus, it was a little better. I think it's the best. Probably the best bet on the board. Uh, I think the Bucks. the Bucks, the Nets are a mess because of the whole Kyrie situation and the rotation and whatnot. The Bucks know who the fuck they are. Yeah. And the Bucks really probably are gonna want this game. And it's gonna be one of these statement games for them. And ring the ceremony. Warriors, yeah, ring ceremony, right? Yeah, the Warriors are also a better the Warriors right now are a better coach and a better looking and a more functional unit than the Lakers right now. It 
it just feels like a night where like both those teams are going to make statements that, you know, I'm not, not speaking to the quality of what these teams are going to be close to see into the season. Uh, it doesn't mean I think the Nets are bad. It's just, I just think that this is a night where like the Bucks and the Warriors are your best guys. Well, that's the thing. That's what you want to be tonight. All right. So you got it. You got Western Conference. You got best for tonight. Arturo, once again, thank you for coming on the podcast. It was fun, man. All right. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts five stars and be sure to tell your friends. Thank you very much. Boom. All right. Cool. Cool.